Dear listeners, Sairam, welcome to our radio series Fleeting Moments Lasting Memories. In this series we bring you conversations with former students of Bhagwan's schools and colleges. Under the spotlight today is Ms. Lata Ramesh, an alumna of Sri Satsai Institute of Higher Learning, Anantapur campus. In conversation with her is Radio Sai's Karuna Munshi and it was recorded on 2nd April 2014. Today you can enjoy part 1 of this two part interview. Sairam sisters and brothers, welcome to Fleeting Moments Lasting Memories. Conversations with the former students of Sai schools and universities. Under the spotlight today is Mrs. Lata Ramesh. Lata Ramesh completed her BCom in 1991 from the Anantapur campus of the Sai University. And then she earned her MBA from ITM Bombay in 1993. After working in a foreign exchange brokerage for two and a half years, she chose to be a stay-at-home mother when her older daughter was born. At the time of this recording on April 2, 2014, Lata is a proud mom of two daughters, age 17 and 13. Her older child is currently studying in Swami's school here in Prashantinilayam. Lata is a multitasker who juggles between her various responsibilities with ease and grace, I might add. Apart from being a full-time homemaker, a mother, and the rest that comes with the territory, she has always placed top priority on her side duties. Consequently, Lata has been a Balvikas guru since 1998. teaching all levels of balvikas in groups 1 2 and 3 for some time she also taught value education and balvikas at schools for the underprivileged and also in a slum she has been active at local seva activities such as narayan seva clothes drive essential collection for villages and urban slums currently lata ramesh is the coordinator for the balvikas alumni in karnataka she is a motivated volunteer who traveled to hyderabad recently to undergo training in dynamic value parenting sairam lata and welcome to fleeting moments lasting memories on radio sai sairam didi lata let's begin with swami's entry into your life how when where why swami came into our family in 1964 who when my grandfather my maternal grandfather he was already a shirdi baba devotee And you were not born there I'm I assuming. was not born I was not born my siblings were also not born and he had heard about Satyasai Baba being a reincarnation of Shirdi Baba and he was very curious and he came all the way from Jabalpur where he was staying then and he came all the way down south to Puttaparthi and Swami gave him an interview and it was a very touching interview where Swami actually told him that people think that you're not very ritualistic you're not very religious because you don't do too many pujas but i know that you're a very good person and with that short and sweet words swami captured his heart and he became a devotee my mother was yet to believe then though my grandfather went back and told her but the very next year that was in 1965 my sister had just been born and my maternal grandmother she was very very jealous of her husband that he had gone and seen baba and she missed the chance so she came to bangalore to visit my parents who were resident in bangalore then and she went and told my uh, mother that i have come for a very short time and i want to see baba 
and people tell me that Satya Sai Baba comes frequently to Bangalore and I also want to participate in Sai Bhajans. So, can you just ask your husband to find out an office where Bhajans are happening and whether Baba is there in town? So, my mother very dutifully went and told my father. He was just leaving for work that day and he said, please inquire in office that whether Baba is here. And he was a little irritated, probably he was late for work or whatever. He was a little irritated and very sarcastically said, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm going to office to just inquire about all this Baba and where Bhajans are and all that. I have no other work and he just walked off. But the same day, around 11.30, as he was working in his desk, a gentleman came and met him. He introduced himself. He said, I work in the next department. You don't know me, Mr. Venkat Raman. But my wife knows your wife. They are acquainted and we are going to see Satya Sai Baba today in Chamraj Pet. And I think your wife may be interested and you all may be interested. Why don't you all accompany us? We can go as two families. My father initially wanted to say no, no, but then he recollected what his wife had said. And immediately he came back home and he said, you know, what is happening? He was all excited about it. And then the whole family, along with my maternal grandmother, saw Swami for the first time in Chamraj Pet. Of course, the darshan was very far off. 1965. 1965. Darshan was very far off. But my mother was captured with the bhajans. Raja Reddy sang a song. And even today, she remembers the bhajan. Krishna, Krishna, Radha, Krishna, He, Gokula, Bala. And she started humming it. it you know, the bhajans kept uh, resounding in her mind the whole night. And then she developed an urge to attend Sai bhajans. And then she started attending the local community bhajans. And... Slowly over the years, that's how Swami captured. Very interesting. So in a few years, by the time you and your siblings came along, I understand you had your own set of experiences with Swami even before you became a Sai student. Yes. Even in fact, um, when I was just a 20-day-old baby, and my whole family, my siblings, my parents, we were already infused with Swami's love. And my mother firmly believed that Swami's name, the word Sai Ram, was all-powerful. And we experienced that reality. When I was just a 20-day-old baby, my brother, who was four and a half years old, he met with a scooter accident. He had just come back from school. He had alighted from the cycle rickshaw. We were living in Meerut at that time. I think it was 1971. And uh, after alighting from the cycle rickshaw, he was running across the road to our building. And just then, a scooter, two youths who were seated in the scooter, they sped by, Anna, and uh, there was almost like a headlong collision. My brother fell down, and his head was just going to come under the scooter's front wheel. My mother was there doing some work in the terrace, and she was observing this, and at that situation, she couldn't do anything except shout loudly, Sairam, you know, and what happened then was something unbelievable. The pillion rider, he stretched out his leg and kicked my brother and my brother's head just narrowly escaped coming under the wheel. Now, later on, my mother reflected and she said, how can this pillion rider's leg stretch out and become so long that it can reach the front wheel of the scooter? I mean, if you think logically, it's not possible. Maybe the person who's riding the scooter can do that, but not the person who's sitting behind. And they stopped the scooter immediately. They carried this boy up to my house. And my mother directly took him to the altar. And just when she took him to the altar, we saw that there was a drop of Amrit flowing from Swami's photo. Mm -hmm. Just then. 
and my brother in his innocence four and a half year old boy he remarked swami has saved me that's why he's acknowledging that by sending the amrutam isn't it ma mm. and we knew that that was really the case and there was one more incident again 8 days after this when i was just a 28 day old baby and i was born in winter so that was january 1971 and it was one of the coldest in those few years in meerut meerut up gets very cold in very very time. yes yeah. very very cold and those days are not like now where we have heaters and all those facilities you know so it got very cold and what happened was that night my sister got fits like epilepsy ep like epilepsy yeah so nobody was aware everybody was sleeping but i started crying in the night and just to see what is wrong with this baby my mother switched on the light and i was perfectly fine but just next to me my sister who was sleeping they realized that she had got this you know and her jaws were all contorted and her eyes eyeballs went into different and it was looking very shocking and very scary she immediately woke up my father and the jaws were all stuck to each other and slowly they both unlocked. opened unlocked and they poured swami's vibhuti and within minutes of pouring swami's vibhuti into her mouth she immediately became all right and she sat up and her whole body developed a sweat you know it was like swami had infused a lot of heat to combat the cold whatever was creating those fits and she sat up and she said i'm what's wrong what has happened i'm all wet with sweat and that was another incident that i remember hmm. so this seizure thing was unknown to the family till then no it has never happened to her and never happened after that also thank god yeah Uh there was one more incident that I would like to share. This was uh, when I was 2 and 1/2 years old. Quite an adventurous baby, 20 day landmark, 28 day landmark, 2 and 1/2 day landmark. So all the important milestones in the family's <laughs> journey started with your birth it looks like. Yeah, Sami entered our lives right then, you know. So what did you do when you were 2 and 1/2? I I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> so we had come from Meerut to Delhi. uh we had come to see swami the whole bus load of devotees my relatives my family all of us had come and we all came to delhi to see swami and there was a huge pandal i don't remember what was the area but there were almost 25 buses parked in the parking lot and our bus was one of them and all the buses looked absolutely alike you know and um after darshan they all suddenly realized that i was missing I was just two and a half. I did not learn how to read, or I couldn't read the numbers of the bus. And they were all very concerned. They searched the pandal high and low, and they were very upset. Mom was, you know, continuously praying to Swami. And then after one and a half hours, somebody decided that why don't we go and check it out in the bus? And then when we went and saw, I was happily sitting there with the driver. And the driver said she just came on her own. We don't know, but my mother believed that. maybe swami held my hand and brought me in in the right bus in the right bus the very bus which even adults wouldn't be able to <laughs> spot yeah yeah and even before that when i was a year old baby i just began to walk my house door front door was left open my parents and family were busy in um, you know doing the decorations during navaratri we have those golu you know we uh, do the altar especially yes, yeah so i think in that moment they just had left the door ajar and i very happily i went outside the house and our house is located in the first floor and there are 21 steps leading downward 
and what I did was the moment my brother realized that I'm outside they you know they called out to me and all the more I became excited and started running and I started rolling down the stairs I tumbled down the stairs and when my mother saw that again she shouted Sairam you know and hearing the Sairam there was a cleaner lady who was actually you know like a scavenger just below the stairs a few feet away was a big drainage and this lady was cleaning that and she had a broom in her hand and she just threw the broom she heard the sidearm she threw the broom aside she ran and like how a cricket fielder you know catches a ball she knelt down and very elegantly caught me you know but by then i had already rolled down those 21 steps but nothing had happened it's amazing made you sturdier for your life in anandpur which was awaiting you wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> you've been through the school of hard knocks so you were ready for anandpur how did that happen um coming to anandpur is your sister had already studied yes, there yes my sister had already studied mm. there and it was my dream to come and study in anandpur in fact uh, i wanted to study in the 11th itself but my father was not for it he said you get 80% and i will send you and i got one mark less than that mm. so i just took it that swami didn't want me to go then but those two years of studying in bombay and uh, now i think that it was really important because my yearning for swami and yearning for coming to anandpur really increased at that time i was very disillusioned as a teenager and every day there was not a day when i wouldn't pray to swami swami please let me come and study in your college and then before coming to anandpur there was a miraculous experience actually i had a skin infection since my childhood in my feet which used to really trouble me i had a lot of oozing and uh, the doctors called it eczema and a lot of oozing and itching and scratching and sometimes i would become anemic and would have disease spells i have fainted outside this when i was standing in the queues and lines and all that things like that have happened and my father was very anxious for me he said how would you manage in anandpur it's so hot and if something like that happened how will you manage and i was very confident i said no swami will take care but probably swami wanted to put my father's anxiety at rest now before this when i was just 12 years old swami came in a dream and in my dream he put my feet in his lap and he massaged my feet and he told me that don't worry this eczema will go in so many so many years you know he gave some number but i couldn't recollect what was that but i was very happy that swami said it will go so whenever it has to go it will go i was in that feeling and when i had applied for anandpur i got my admit card and it was just 10 days i was due to leave for anandpur and i was outside my building in mumbai in mumbai yeah we were living in mumbai that time this was the year 1988 and we lived in a sindhi locality you know and when i was outside my building running errands for my mother a strange gentleman stopped me and he looked just like a typical sindhi so you know i didn't find it odd he just stopped me and he started talking about my feet you know it is quite visible the eczema and he said what is this problem i know i tell you what you have to apply and if you apply this uh, it will definitely go I'm assuring you I'm guaranteeing you and then he proceeded to tell me the name of the ointment. Hmm. Do you remember the name? Yes, yes. What was it? <laughs> he made me repeat it so many times like I was he was taking a class for me. It was called Jakme Rus. Jakme Rus? Jakme Rus. Zakme Rus. Zakme, Zakme because Zakme is a wound. Yes. I think it sounds like an Urdu word. It might be a Yunani medicine or maybe. something. Zakme Rus. Maybe, maybe. Okay. and it was uh, manufactured by a company called bhavsar company in gujarat so is I, it like an ayurvedic thing 
I I probably a herbal ointment. Yeah. Yeah, but I had never heard of okay. it before. And a lot of people have been telling me a lot of remedies. I've tried a lot of remedies for my skin, but I mean uh, nothing ever had ever worked. But then when this man, you know, he was speaking with such authority, so much of sincerity, so much of love. And he was absolute stranger and normally I don't speak to strangers, you know. But uh, something about the man made me want to listen to him. And he was a man of medium height, medium build. He was wearing a white kurta, white pyjama. He had white hair. And I still recollect his face, you know. The way he spoke to me and he literally ordered me. He said, you check your purse. Do you have the money for it? It cost 2 rupees 50 paise in those days. He said, do you have the money? And I checked. I said, yeah, I have the money. He said, right now, don't go home. Go straight to the medical shop and buy this and start applying it every day. And uh, he was very, very, uh, you know, confident of what he said. And after 20 minutes of this conversation, finally, I turned my way to go and buy and he also turned. And I would have taken just three steps, Karuna Didi, just three steps. And I, something, I started thinking, could this have been Swami? And the moment I thought that, I turned back. And in three steps, this man had vanished. It was a long road. It was not like he could have disappeared into some alleys or gullies or anything. And he had absolutely vanished. And then I walked the whole stretch of the road, literally ran, you know. And I have long legs, you know. I literally ran and I couldn't find him. And he, he would, he, I mean, he was quite a person wearing white and white. Not many people wear that. And I couldn't find him at all. I searched for almost 10 minutes. I couldn't find him. Then I was all the more convinced that this is Swami. I went straight to the medical shop. I had exactly the amount and I bought that one ointment tube and I went back home. My mother was even more excited. She said, this is Swami and you must apply it. And within three days, intensity of my infection came down from 100% to 20%. In three days. By the time I was ready to leave for Anantapur, for uh, Parthi to write my entrance, it was almost negligible and my father's, all his anxieties were set at rest. And it never went back to that intensity ever again after that. It was really amazing thing. I, that's a great tip. I hope it works for our listeners also. If anybody's suffering from eczema, just some zakmirus from yeah. uh, the pharmacy in Bhavsagar. Bhavsar, Bhavsar company. I don't know if Bhavsar they, they still company. manufacture it. In Gujarat. Yeah, yeah. Um, worth yeah. Googling. Yeah. Oh, very nice. So, tell us about your Anantpur days. Um, there's a humorous incident happening in my group discussion and interviews, you know. I was so nervous in my interview and when the vice chancellor asked me, are you ready to join in with your bag and baggage? I said, yes, sir, I'm ready to join with my gab and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> And they all laughed. <laughs> and I thought maybe they will reject me on that, but they didn't. <laughs> so, my stay at Anantpur was absolutely... And like I said, I was yearning and dying to come there. So, I never But then your sister Nirmala Shekhar had already passed out. Yes. Graduated from there. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I had, she had already graduated. Um, I was dying to be there. So, every moment of my stay, I thoroughly enjoyed. I never felt the difficulties that normally people do. Like my room seniors were so loving. And I remember when I joined within the first or second month, my mother was unwell. And when I shared that with my seniors, they said that you just visualize Swami being there next to her and blessing her and that will help. You don't have to feel helpless about it. And that is a tip I follow till today, you know, just visualizing, especially now that Swami is not there in his physical form. It really helps. It makes Swami so real for us and we can feel his energies. 
And then a wonderful incident happened in my first year. I think that was the year 1989, January. It was Swami's last visit to Anantpur. And of course, at that time, we didn't know that. I was a very ordinary girl in Anantpur. In the sense, I was not very extraordinarily talented. I was not in the music or in the, you know, I was not a speaker or a dramatist or anything. So I was not in any of those groups that I would get more chances with Swami, more physical interactions. In fact, whole of my Anantpur stay was... I enjoyed Swami from far. I would be just happy just being in Parthi. I'd just be happy looking at Swami. And it didn't uh now thinking back, you know, I think it didn't really matter to me that Swami whether Swami was looking at me or whether he blessed me. Though whenever he did, it was always a bonus. And that day when Swami came to Anantpur, he first went to the college. He, there was a series of programs and drama and discourses, prize distribution. And after that he was scheduled to come to the hostel to have lunch with the girls. And uh, I'm sure he must have done that many times yes. in your times yes. too, right? A few times, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that was the only time for me. Mm. And he entered the dining hall, the huge dining hall from behind. And he sat uh, and had lunch with the girls. And the, all the girls were in neat rows, you know, seated in neat rows. And I and one more classmate of mine, her name was Vijay Lakshmi. We had been assigned a unique duty as Dwara Palakas. You know, the passageway which connects the dining hall to the hostel. We were made to sit there and do something like a security duty. And, you know, asked to ensure that girls don't follow Swami and there is discipline and all that. So, I was happily sitting there with my friend. And we were a little away from the main dining hall. Especially after the lunch, where Swami was just having casual interaction with the girls. And then suddenly, after 10 minutes, Swami got up from this chair. And he started walking through one of the rows. And while he was walking through the rows, he started giving Padnamaskar to the girls. And seeing that many girls from all other rows also joined in, you know, like how they normally do. And everybody was getting the Padnamaskar. I could see from my position that all my classmates and friends were getting Padnamaskar. And here I was, you know, getting envious and saying, oh my God, I'm missing this Padnamaskar and what to do. And I kept looking at my friend. My friend was very calm and she was just in a place. But I was very restless and I got very agitated. And I got up from there. And I went and joined the second row, the row next to where Swami was giving, because that first row was already full. And Swami walked, finished the first row of Padnuskar, and I'm waiting here for Swami to turn. And you know how Swami is. He just turned the other side and entered the same passageway where I had got up from. And immediately my heart sank. And then I immediately got up, you know, because that was actually my duty spot. And I walked and Swami had already entered the passageway. And when I saw from behind, what I saw, tears started flowing from my eyes because Swami was giving Padnamaskar to my friend Vijay Lakshmi and it was a proper one minute long Padnamaskar. She bent her head and kissed Swami's feet and exactly the Padnamaskar that I've always wanted to have and I had missed it. I Then Swami continued into the hostel and I went back and sat in my place and my friend very lovingly asked me, why did you get up Lata? You could have got your Padmamaskar here. I just kept quiet, you know. And tears were flowing in my face. And it took me a few weeks to recover from that. Maybe even a few months. But in the next few months, I realized that a subtle change had come over me. I found myself becoming very duty conscious. And very committed to what task was assigned to me. Even if it was a very irrelevant task, I would be very, very focused. And I didn't bother about rewards or appreciation or anything like that. It just happened. 
And then slowly over the next year, I realized that what I thought was a missed opportunity was Bhagwan's greatest blessing for me. He had gifted me, transformed me in that one instant of not giving the Padmaskar. In his denial was his big blessing. And to this day, I am very conscious about my duties. And I am so grateful to Bhagwan for that learning that he gave to me. And there is an um, addition to the story, Didi. Even though I knew that I had got this beautiful learning and blessing, in my heart of hearts, I still prayed for that <laughs> Padmaskar. And I did, I did get a lot of other Padmaskars at different points of time. And Swami would give saris and uh, he also gave us a robe in 1990. But that craving, that learning you know, still lingered. And that also Swami satisfied. Just a month before his Mahasamadhi, in 2011, I was part of a group for the Vidya Vahini project. And when Swami came near me, he looked deep into my eyes. And I just touched his feet. But with that touching, my yearning was completely saturated. It was, it was complete. So many years later, huh? So many years later. Quite a journey. Yes. Mm. Everything is perfect in God's time, but the perfection is clear only in hindsight. Yes, yes. When you can connect all the dots. Yes, yes. Mm. Anantpur days must have had more than one interaction apart from the one that you mentioned, 1989, the last physical visit by Bhagwan to the hostel and the college. Correct. What are your fondest memories of interacting with him or receiving those grace of interviews, group interviews as his student? Um... Like I said, in 1990, Swami gave us the robes. And that is a day I will never forget. It was slightly drizzling and we were in Prashantinilyam and suddenly there was, uh, you know, uh, whispers, yeah, exciting. exciting that Swami is going to give us yeah. robe. And we couldn't believe, we, we never heard of Swami giving us robes till yeah. then. And we were quickly asked to form into lines. And those days, the cyclement hall, the flooring was concrete. It was neither sand nor tiled like how it is now. It was a little bit of concrete and sometimes when we walk barefoot, it can prick our feet, you know. And Swami used to come in that, you know, we used to walk on that floor. And I remember sitting and waiting and just looking at the floor and thinking how poor Swami has to walk and walk and give Padmaskars and robes and how his feet must be, you know, aching. But he came and it was slightly drizzling and there was droplets of water on his hair and droplets of water on his robe and very lovingly he gave multicolored different different robes to different different girls some got yellow robes some got what color was yours uh, mine was orange <laughs> and i loved it i love it still and some girls got red robes some got yellow some got white and it was just so beautiful the whole experience and i got up and asked swami i said swami i want your love when swami was giving me the robe and Apparently, he didn't answer me. And I thought, oh, Swami didn't answer me. But later on, after the namaskar was over, my friend who was sitting on the other side, she came to me and said, Lata, did you ask Swami something? I said, yeah, I did ask. I said, ask Swami, I want your love. And she said, Swami looked this side and said, love, 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 three times. So that was an answer. And it was the most heavenly experience. I treasure it the most. I can imagine. What yeah. a special moment. Yeah, yeah. As girl students, such moments are very few and far between for most of us. Very few. <laughs> <laughs> we treasure just a glance. Yeah. Swami looking at us. Like once during the summer course, I was standing outside a window in the dining hall in Bangalore, Kalyan Mandapam. And 
Swami was just passing by inside and I was outside and I was the only one there and Swami looked straight and deep into my eyes. And after Swami passed by, I looked around and, you know, did Swami look at somebody else behind me? But there was nobody else. And I realized he had looked at me. And today, when I think of it, you know, Didi, I've never got interviews. I've never got personal interviews or personal interactions like so many other devotees have got. But I treasure this moment of those moments of Swami looking at me, those moments of Swami just blessing my chocolates and throwing it, those moments when Swami gave me the sari. And once my father-in-law had given me my late mother-in-law's Mangal Sutra to get blessed, he said, you can wear it. So I brought it when I was getting Padmanamaskar as an alumni. And Swami came, he was giving saris. And he was just about to give the sari and he saw that in my hand was this Mangal Sutra. And he stopped and he, with his bare hand he touched. And I still can feel not only Swami blessing the Mangal Sutra, he blessed my hand as well because his hand touched my right hand. Hmm. I mean, these are moments that are priceless. I always tell myself, how can I make these moments irrelevant just because I have not got an interview or just because I have not got, you know, you know Swami has not created a ring or it doesn't matter. He's God. And having been born at the same time when Swami was there in this, I think that itself is the greatest blessing. And then all these little, little blessings, they have made my life, you know. Priceless blessings. Priceless blessings, yes. And the greatest blessing is to realize their worth. Many people may have received many blessings in life. And after a while, they sort of seemed, it can happen. People can have forgetfulness, yes. spiritual forgetfulness. Yes. And Swami said it was based on their account of merits. So we need His grace to even savor this yes. grace and to remember its worth. Yes. Otherwise, we can fall into the web of delusion very quickly. Yes, yes. And I think he said that because Swami was such a skillful everything, skillful parent. So, just to assuage our discomfort of how much attention he gave the boys, in my time, he used to tell us very often that my girls are like the bees that come from far. They just suck the honey out of the flower and they go back. <laughs> my boys, they're all around me. They're like toads in the pond. They don't know what's about. I'm sure he didn't tell the boys the same thing <laughs> that often. But just to satisfy us and to make us feel special, he often compared us to the honeybees that came and, you know, just sucked the beautiful sweet honey and we knew the worth of it. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful lotus we yeah. had here in our beloved Swami. Yeah. This feeling of valuing his omnipresence, for me, it grew even more intensely because in 2001 I had a spinal surgery and then I graduated from being a ground person to a chairperson and all the more I was my darshans became more far further away and Swami also started moving from walking to coming in the golf cart to going in the car and we could hardly see him and at that time I started doing practicing this visualization even more just simple it was not some great meditation but just visualizing Swami being there with me standing next to me, you know, blessing me. And I would do that all the time. And that gave me so much of comfort, so much of joy, so much of happiness. So much so that sometimes when Swami would, uh, uh, like once I remember during Christmas, Swami called the conductor of the orchestra and he gave him a long Padnamaskar and he gave him, created a chain for him. And I was so happy as if Swami had created for me, you know, as if I had touched Swami's feet and I had, you know, I had kissed Swami's feet and it was such a blissful feeling. And I keep reminding myself that Swami is there all the time and I can just tap on to His energy anytime I wish to. You know, it is just there. 
Sairam. You just heard part one of this two-part conversation with Ms. Lata Ramesh, an alumna of Sri Satsa Institute of Higher Learning, Anantpur campus. In conversation with her was Radio Sai's Karuna Munshi, and it was recorded on 2nd April 2014. The audio engineers for this program were Sunil and Abhishek. This came to you as part of our radio series Fleeting Moments Lasting Memories. We hope you enjoyed it. You can email us your comments and feedback on this. As always our mail ID is listener@radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashanti Nilayam.